Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple moments and relax, put aside anything that's going on, any stresses or even good things, just let them fall by the wayside and let the Lord make himself known to you. Remember, he's always right there. He's with you. You don't have to get his attention. You don't even have to pray. He's right there. And he loves you. That's never going to change. That's who he is. He loves you specifically. Now, we've been talking about the supernatural realm and the place that our soul has in the supernatural realm. And let's just remind ourselves the the huge, tremendous difference between the supernatural and the spiritual. The spiritual, there's only two kinds of spirits ever, and that's God and us, and we are actually the same. That which is born of spirit is spirit. God formed us, put us into beings for this time and season here on this earth with a soul and a body, but we are always spirit. You are born with either a dead spirit, dead in your spirit, or alive in your spirit. And the only one who's ever been born alive in their spirit was Jesus. Adam was formed a living spirit. So you and I, our first challenge is to become a living spirit. Now that's fairly easy to do. We simply accept that gift from God by recognizing first that we're dead in our spirit and that Jesus has made a way for us to receive eternal life, receive spirit. So God makes himself known and he quickens our spirit. So we become a living spirit. At that time, we receive eternal life. You have right now all the eternal life you're ever going to get in your spirit. You have everything you need for life and godliness. You're, you're done, you're complete, you're perfect in your spirit because your spirit is one in God. Your spirit has the same characteristics and qualities that, that God does because you're in him and you're one with him. You know, we struggle with that. But Jesus himself prayed that that we would all be one. Now, our problem is not spiritual. Our problem is our soul and our body. If God wanted to, he could restore your soul in the twinkling of an eye. And restore your body 
in the twinkling, twinkling of an eye. He could make you complete and entire and whole spirit, soul, and body just with a thought. So why doesn't he? Why doesn't he just, why doesn't he do things faster? Why doesn't he do things the way we think he should? Why Why does it take so long? Why does it take such effort? Why does it take so many questions? These are all things that we should ponder with him and recognize that there's something in the process. There's a value in the process that we are changed. You know, we're changed from glory to glory. We're changed from depending on ourselves to depending on God. We're changed from being wounded to being healed, from being a victim to being a victor. There's so many different ways we're changed all those changes, when we start to think about it, really what it does is it gives us something that is extremely valuable. Clearly, it's valuable to God, and that is gratitude. When you, when you see how God has changed you, what he has freed you from, what he has healed you from, we are... We express gratitude. We have appreciation. When we look back at what what Adam and Eve were experiencing with God in the garden, God, God would come and visit them, and they would all commune with one another spirit to spirit. That's all they'd known. That's all Adam and Eve had known was absolute perfection, was absolute all their needs were met, all their spiritual needs were met. All their solical needs were met. All their physical needs were met. They were completely satisfied. You could even say they didn't need anything. They didn't even need God because he was there. They had never had a time when their needs weren't met. They never had a time when God didn't make himself known to them. Because they never had a need, they never experienced having that need met. Now we're kind of the opposite of that. We have nothing but need. And this is what God apparently recognized is that if we didn't have need, we wouldn't have, we would be missing an aspect of our relationship with God. Because again, what does God, what is his nature? His nature is love. And he shows love by giving. He gives himself. He gives himself to us. What is our response? Thank you. But Adam and Eve never had that because they never, they took for granted that God was going to meet their needs. 
because that's all they had ever experienced. We're on the opposite end. We have a hard time believing that God will meet our needs because it's been such a minor experience in our lives. We've relied on the strength of our soul. We've relied on our own abilities, our own intellect, our own strengths and characteristics and heritage and everything about ourselves. We've depended on ourselves to meet our needs. So we've lost track of what it's like to have our needs met by God. And yet that's the goal. The goal is not to get rid of your soul. The goal is your soul's needs being perfectly met by God. So when Adam and Eve, we talk about them falling, that word is actually lowered. They were lowered deliberately and intentionally by God. They were released from their perfect world where all their needs were met. There's, you know, in the day that they eat of that fruit of that tree, they died. Well, we know they didn't die. They didn't physically die. They apparently didn't solically die. What died? Their spirit. And that's why they saw each other naked. They'd never seen their bodies before. They probably didn't even know what their souls were like because they'd been living spirit to spirit. Their spirit was on the outside. When That's one of the reasons when you talk about what God is like, he's glow, you know, you can hardly stand to look at him. He's so bright. And Mount of Transfiguration, you know, any, the, the, you know, Moses, when he came down from the mount, his face glowed. And they had to put a covering on it rather than watch it fade away. There's our, our created state of being is to live as a spirit where the power and presence of God flows through us spirit to spirit so that we commune with one another, we commune with God spirit to spirit. Our soul and body are in perfect alignment with our spirit so they don't interfere with that spirit communing. Our spirit instead communes with this natural world. Our spirit instead communes and expresses power and authority in the supernatural realm. That's the ideal. That's the example that we are given with Jesus. Now, he learned things. He wasn't a, when he was landed here on this earth as a little baby, he still had to learn his father, how to commune with his father, how to be a spirit, how to live as a spirit, how to exercise power and authority over the supernatural realm, like over the demons and over the angels and over the the natural elements, walking on the water, turning water to wine, 
healing people. He had to learn how to do all that. Do you ever think, do you ever wonder if maybe Lazarus wasn't the first person he'd raised from the dead? How many, how many, you know, he had, he was practicing, he was learning things. What was recorded in the Bible and in any other epistles that didn't make it into it, in the other stories that it didn't make it into the Bible, is a very, very, very small portion. I think it was John who said, if, if we tried to record everything that Jesus did and taught, there would not be enough, Bible, enough books to contain it all. So there was a, what we have a record of is a very, very, very small amount of what he did and said and taught. So we don't want to limit ourselves by what we have written down. Instead, we make ourselves available, remembering that God is constantly creative. He enjoys creation. He enjoys creativity, imagination, trying new things. He'd rather you fail a million times than never try at all. We often learn more, far more, by failing than by succeeding. And what do we want to learn? We want to learn how to know God. He is the answer. He is the answer to every question we have. Just sometimes he doesn't answer the way we want him to. But that's all. That's fine. Because what really matters is being in relationship with him. Your relationship with God is going to be different than anybody else's. Now, we can encourage one another and we can learn from one another and teach and share but each one of us, our experience is going to be different than one another. Isn't that great? I don't have to make mistakes that you've made and learned from, and you can share what, what you've learned from your mistakes. I'm going to make my own mistakes, and then I'll share those, and then you can make fresh mistakes. And, and the time we're living in, we can share so much more than any other generation. We don't have to learn the same thing over and over again like previous generations. And yet, you know, we still seem resistant to. Why? Why do we resist doing things God's way? Because your soul wants to stay in control. Your soul, my soul, has bad habits. Now, They were necessary. God doesn't hold it against you that your soul has bad habits. They were necessary. Before you became born again, your soul was the only game in town. Your soul had to use whatever resources it had to meet its own needs. It also inherited a lot of bad ideas from your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, all the way back. 
It inherited those ideas. It's just as much as genetics, we also inherit the family approach to life, the family sayings, the family approach to succeeding or failing, you know, uh, don't air your, your, we don't air our dirty laundry in public. Whatever kinds of thoughts are, you know, and they're cultural too. And they're religious. How we approach people, how we approach God, we inherited that. Those are things that God knew was going to happen when he put you in the particular body that he put you in with the particular soul he gave you. These are choices that God made, but that you agreed to. I think somewhere along the line, he said, this is what, I'm going to send you down to earth for a while. And this is your, going to be your soul, and this is going to be your body. And he hands us a script, and we read through the script, and we go, oh my, I don't know, this doesn't look like much fun. And he'll go, look, it'll be worth it. Look at that. Look at what you learn throughout this. Look at the changes that that are made. And we go, oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, that looks like it's worth it. Let's go. We don't know the end from the beginning. We don't know what came before our time here. We don't know what follows our time here. The end. It's also not the beginning. We don't know what we don't know. Now, he also wants us to the best that we are able to, to enjoy our time here. To appreciate the opportunities he's given us. And to take advantage of those opportunities when we can. But it all comes back to what is, what is God telling each one of us? What is he drawing us into? And we've been talking about in the supernatural realm. What is interesting to you? What is drawing you into the supernatural realm? As a spirit, remember there's the three realms, the spiritual realm, the supernatural realm, and the natural realm. The spiritual has authority over the supernatural and the natural the supernatural realm, which is where our soul exists within that realm, it's in a realm within a realm, has authority within the supernatural realm and over the natural realm. Now, since you have authority, you have responsibility. This is part of our our challenge is is we don't want to take responsibility in an area we don't have authority, and we can't exercise authority in an area we don't have responsibility. Now, if we, t- if we say that we have that already because we are spirit beings, that we have the ultimate power and authority over the supernatural realm and over the natural realm, why can't, why don't things change? When we pray for things to happen, why don't things happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen at all? How come the enemy gets away with everything? These are questions about 
God's plan. And the more we can stick to what God is doing in our lives and trust that he is working out all things together for good, for our good, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of whether things get better or worse. We understand that the purpose we are working towards is not about changing our circumstances. God arranged the circumstances circumstances you're in. He arranged the circumstances you're living in right now, whatever that happens to be, whether it's good or great or neutral. Those are circumstances he arranged precisely for you. for his purpose. And spiritually, you you are one with his purpose. Part of our part of thing reason I think he's doing that is to teach us to see things his way. And in a lot of ways in order to see things from his perspective, we have to give up ours. And this can be a real challenge because we think that God should do this, 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 and this. He, there should only be righteous government. There should only be righteous people involved in everything, in business, in school, education, in courts, in medicine. They should only be good people, period. Then we start defining what that means, and we're back to square one, because your idea of what good is is going to be different than mine. Because we go back to Adam and Eve. Everything was perfect for them. They had all their needs met. But there was one thing they couldn't learn, and that was gratitude. Because they never received. They had always had it. They had always had the full attention of God. They had a full relationship with one another. They knew each other spirit to spirit. They had full power and authority and were exercising it over the supernatural realm. All the angels and demons were under their power and authority. And they didn't exercise it. They didn't need to because it was all under God's control. They were in the garden. They were isolated. But they were, it was there. there. They didn't know negative. They didn't know positive. Without, to know positive, you have to know negative. Everything was perfect for them. They didn't, they had complete control power and authority over the natural realm, their environment. They were in charge of it because they were one with God. So when they lost that spirit, when they, were, when they died spiritually in their spirit, their soul was in need for the first time, and their body was in need for the first time. It was necessary then Part of God's plan was to separate them from that protected place. How confusing it was 
to all of a sudden be nothing but need, unmet need physically, unmet need in their souls. And then, of course, they, you know, when they had kids, one of them killed the other right off the bat. That's what it's like to not have our needs met by God. Is it exposes what the soul is on its own. And it only went downhill from there. So without God, any changes that are made are superficial. And they're and they're necessary. I mean laws, for instance, laws are necessary because we're not all God. We're not all spirit. We're not all Christians. So we need law. And we need laws. And we need lawmakers. And we need just and righteous lawmakers and laws. Because we are not. We are not just and righteous. We try to be, we want to be. Our soul you know, a lot of times we can think, oh, yeah, I just want to strive to be a good person. Well, what does that mean? And is that just about your behavior? I want to take advantage of every minute that God has us here on this earth to learn what it is that he wants us to know. And we start with learning how to receive from him, knowing that his desire is to give, to share himself. And the more we can learn to receive and let him give, we are cooperating with his plan for us. You know, we want to do something. We want to change the world. We want to have a ministry. We want to write a book. We want to heal people. We want to have supernatural experiences. Those are things that we understand and we control. And God will use those to draw us in the direction he wants us to go. But those are not the end result. He doesn't need our help. He doesn't need our help for anything. Because remember, your spirit is already one with him. You are already beloved. You are already the apple of his eye. You are already well-pleasing to him. He's not waiting for you to get someplace, to arrive, to reach a certain level for, you know, you can't get any closer to God than one with him. So when we talk about the supernatural abilities that you already have, that he put in you, all you're doing is talking to him, letting him teach you how to use the abilities that he himself put in you. It's not like you have to talk him into it. Now, he does things his way. He teaches the way he wants. Now, fortunately, we have all these books and conferences and, and even this, you know, this podcast, but this, the whole point is you take everything you learn and you take it to him. And then he says, well, actually, it's none of those. This is how I want you to learn this. And assume he's going to teach you. He may take you down a road that you've never heard of 
And that's going to happen quite frequently because we've not been down this way before. But it's the process. It's it's the process of going with him down that untraveled road. It's not the arriving. It's not even the starting. It's the process because our goal is to know him and to be known of him in our soul. The more your soul is freed, your wounds healed, you know, a big hindrance we have is the lies we believe. And your soul, again, is your mind, will, and emotions. And the lies are in all three of them, what we believe, how we feel, and what we do, how we respond, the choices we make. And he leads us to opportunities not to do the right thing, but to be healed in that, to be set free in our, in our mind, to be set free in our will, to be set free in our emotions. Free to do what? Free to receive. Free to receive God in your mind. Free to re- receive spirit in your will. Free to receive spirit in your emotions. That's the goal for your soul to be so available. And fortunately, he does it incrementally. He doesn't wait till your soul is completely clean and whole and, and, and purified and ready. He starts pouring his spirit through your soul immediately. As soon as you were born again, he started pouring his spirit into your soul. So we'll pick it up here same time next week. Feel free to drop me a line at diane at therainersclub.org or through this Blog Talk Radio. It's always great to hear from you, and it's always great reading your questions. Let's me know what direction I need to retouch on or if we're ready to move forward on new topics. So thanks for getting in touch with me. I'll pick up with this next time, the same next week, the same time. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.